1: And welcome to episode 41 of the Kennedy Mile Report, brought to you by our great sponsor, Clio and its suite of online law practice management tools. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. In our last episode, we talked about better ways to work with bookmarks in your browser. In this episode, we're going to compare our notes and experiences traveling with technology on a recent trip. Tom, do you want to tell our listeners what we have on the agenda for this
2: episode? Absolutely, Dennis. In this edition of the Kennedy Mall Report, we will talk about traveling with technology and give some of our best tips on how to stay connected when you're on the road. In our second segment, we'll talk about the upcoming anniversary of one of our favorite technology conferences, ABA Tech Show. And as usual, we'll end with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation you can begin to use that the second this podcast is over. But on to our main topic. Dennis, uh, we both got to see each other this past week in Washington, D.C. when we were there for the ABA Law Practice Management Section Fall Meeting. It was great to see you. I had a great time getting to see you again. But uh, I'm wondering, what kind of technology did you bring on the trip and, and how did you approach coming to that trip in terms of the technology you brought?
1: You know, it's kind of funny that the, uh, the trickiest thing that I brought was actually the microphone that I, I brought planning <laughs> to record the podcast. And then we ran into some, some difficulties, uh, sort of unplanned that, that made the, the need to bring the, the microphone superfluous. So, uh, I, but it's, I thought that was really, you know, illustrative of, of what you run into when traveling of, of the need to be prepared and to, to give yourself plenty of options. Um, for this trip. I was there for, for meetings. It was really vacation for me, and, and that dictated uh, what I brought. So I tried to travel very light. So, sort of smartphone, laptop, as I said, microphone, and then the usual bag of, of technology uh, tricks I have uh, to kind of help me <laughs> get along. So, my whole notion was light, uh, the least number of bags that I could possibly bring. And, like I said, in a way, <laughs> the, trickiest, the trickiest thing was, was the microphone the The thing that I didn't plan for, and I think we'll get into this because it is so essential and, and you you alluded to it at the beginning, was the internet connections at our hotel were just really difficult, and so I, th- I think that uh, as I travel I, especially this time I just realized how important the internet is to to thinking about your technology while you travel and of course, I brought a couple of iPods. You know, I uh,
2: when this was sort of a combination trip for me because although it was a a meeting uh, for the American Bar Association, so it wasn't a work. A working uh, meeting, I, I still had work to do. And so I wound up bringing a lot more than I usually would. If I'm traveling for work, if it's a work trip, then I'm typically just bringing my laptop with me. I, I can't get rid of my laptop as a working device. But I I thought for a while that uh, that I, I might uh, be able to uh, get away with not taking a laptop on vacation. And so this time I, I, I brought also brought my iPad with me and found that an iPad, I think, will work just fine on vacation or on trips like this where I'm just doing meetings with folks where I don't really need to do any substantive work. And uh, I, I thought that it was a great combination. But those I think that the, 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 the items you listed are pretty much the items I've listed too: phone, computer, uh, that sort of thing. I also bring my Kindle with me, uh, which I believe it or not, I'm using my Kindle rather than my iPad to read books. I, I just think it's a lot better. But coming back really, Dennis, to the question that you asked, uh, you talked about a second ago, what do you think is the most important mobile technology item that or, or 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 feature or service that we really need to think about when we're traveling? Is it the bag? Is it the Internet connection? Is it the equipment? What, what what's first in your in your mind?
1: Well, again, it sort of depends on your use case and what you really want. So, there's a variety of ways to get to the network. I mean, this is probably—I mean—a number of times I've been very disappointed in in major hotels with the internet service, and so, and I notice a lot of my friends and 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 I think you do this as as well, Tom, but. Really rely on their mobile phone or smartphone or or uh, my some some sort of uh, cellular connection to the internet and don't even trust the hotel internet access anymore. So um, th- really thinking through your internet access is important. But I really think it is the in a funny way it, it is the bag or the carrying case that to me is the most important thing and and it's certainly what I put a lot of thought in. So I think of what will I be doing? Do I want to backpack? Uh, you know, do I want a bag, rolling bag? Do I need multiple bags? What will I be doing and what do I need to carry with me? Um, and in a way, I, I so there's a bag. I go with a backpack that I really like now. It's a, it's a little bit big, but I, it, it does a trick for me. And then the other thing I like while traveling is is to wear a, a sports coat and, and maybe even look at some of the sports coats that really have a lot of pockets in them. Because I, I think when you, like you say, Tom, if you have a Kindle and you have, you know, one or more iPods. And, and you know, I mean, you have an iPad. I, I was, I'm really intrigued by the MacBook Air, which was announced while we were there as a potential travel device. You're sort of saying, how can I carry a lot of these things without weighing myself down? And, and kind of what I found most valuable on this trip was really the sports coat that I wore. <laughs>
2: well, I'm not a sports coat guy, although it sounds like you might be a candidate for one of those Scott e-vests that holds lots of gadgets and things in them. But I, I'm not a big... Uh, person to put things in in pockets. Although I appreciate pockets in in the bag that I carry, and I think that that's important. I think that when you're looking for the right computer bag, uh, the 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 number of pockets is tremendously important. That's one of the things that I look at and to determine what's uh, what's available. The, the one of the the easiest, simplest, and and best features of my computer bag is that there is a small pocket on the outside that holds that's exactly the right size to hold my phone. And so it's right there on the outside. It's not going to fall out. It's very secure, but I don't have to go digging in the bag or put it in my pocket anywhere. So it's those types of things that I look at. For me, what's important in a bag is that I can get through security fairly simple. So I'm using a, uh, a checkpoint friendly bag that all I have to do is unhook the portion of the bag that has my laptop in it. It lays out flat so that it satisfies uh, the TSA requirements for laptop security and then I can zoom right pat, right through security without having to take my laptop out of a bag and putting it in those little bins or doing anything like that you know i think that it may not be the most important choice to me, but it may be the most personal choice that you'll make. And, and so it's, it's hard to make recommendations when you talk about bags, you have to go out and look at them, you have to do some research on them. And so it's hard to say that, you know, I like the Tom Bin bags, B I H N is the, is the model. They're a little pricey, but uh, I've had mine now for two years and it has shows absolutely no signs of wear or tear on it. It does a great job for it. Uh, to get back real quick to your internet connection, I I think know, when we looked at the notes that we created for this, you had indicated that having multiple options is important. And I think that that can be important, but only if you ha- you don't have a single source. And and I do rely a lot on my, I have a Verizon MiFi card, and there are versions from Sprint. And uh, now if you have an Android phone, uh, especially a Droid X or some of the other models, you'll be able to create your own wireless cloud. I, it's, it's not a wireless card that you plug into your computer. It is a, a device that you turn it on and it can create a wireless connection for up to five individuals or five devices. And I find that it is tremendously useful. I used it the entire time we were uh, in Washington, D.C. last week. I was able to connect my laptop, my iPad. Um, Anytime I needed a connection, it was available. It wasn't always the fastest connection, but it actually beat the hotel connection hands down. So, you know, I know a lot of people don't like to pay for their wireless access. I know folks who uh, spend a lot of time uh sitting in the uh, hotel lobby, soaking up the free wireless or in Starbucks or other places. So in, in that respect, I think it is important. Uh, I think it is important to, uh, to, to have multiple options if you're not willing to, to spend the 30 to $60 a month that's going to cost you for a wireless card. Let me ask this, Dennis. Is it, is it possible to go on a trip, to go on a vacation
1: with just your smartphone? What do you think? Well, you know, I was uh, well, just the f- smartphone is the the interesting part of that. So I I think that um in a way, if you have like a really terrible internet connection, you you are sort of effectively on vacation with just a smartphone. Uh but um in an interesting way, but I I think that um it depend you know, it's one of those depends things. So if you're if you're truly on vacation, um, and you know, you're not going to have to deal with any documents or that work isn't going to intrude, then, then it's probably possible in, in some ways. Um, my sense is that maybe, maybe with the, the, The i the iPhones or the Droids you have more potential of doing that you have a little more flexibility on what you can do on a smartphone um, than maybe you do with the Blackberry but um, I I don't know I I still sort of think you you need a laptop Um, I, I saw people using netbooks a lot over the last few years but it seems like they've all moved away from that you don't I don't see that as much anymore but as I said I'm really intrigued by the MacBook Air because it's so small so thin and it just makes sense because i don't want to haul a lot of stuff around you know I, I, i'm a backpack person that's worked best for me but i you still can add up a, a you know, a good amount of weight with the laptop, and then I do, also don't feel as comfortable for some reason. I don't know whether it's because again, uh, that's the one thing I noticed on this trip was tons of people using Macs all over the place. But if that MacBook Pro that's out of a single piece of, of aluminum, you know, I, I think some of that stuff feels a little less flimsy than than the traditional laptop does. So I worry a little bit about durability these days. Although I haven't run into any problems, but I think. It depends on your use and whether you're going to be dealing with documents and you need a a keyboard, which I think is sort of where you come down uh, on your experience with the iPad, too, is everything depends on uh, what you need to do on documents where you might need a keyboard. I think that's right. I think that it depends, especially if you're talking about work, it's going to d-
2: depend mostly on documents. And that was the, the issue with me with the iPad. I, I tried to use the iPad as a device to take notes on where I was writing, and that, that did not work well for me. And so I am now the proud owner of, of the Apple wireless keyboard, and it works fantastic. It's it's a very, very good device to use. So if you have an iPad and, and you, you're thinking about making it a little bit easier, I, w- I wind up having to put all of that into a small netbook bag that I carry around when I'm gone but it's it's not too too bad. I did see a lot of Macs this week in DC but I still don't think I think that those folks and I think most of the people that you saw having Macs are solo and small firm lawyers and they may be using a Mac either as their personal computer but but I would guess not always as their work computer because you know the group that we were meeting with I would say is still working for firms or companies that still utilize the PC and we're still not seeing the Movement away from the PC in firms that I uh, that 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 I'm used to uh, to seeing. I, I found that um, that that if you're going to bring a smartphone with you, just uh, those those are the folks who really do want to keep their connections to a minimum. I, frankly, you can do anything that you could with a laptop, except for typing long documents, but but there are applications or tools where you can access your calendar, you can reply to email, you can work on documents, albeit in a limited fashion. So again, I think it's going to depend on what your personal um, traveling style is. Do you like to travel with a lot of things? Do you like to travel with a few things? And that's going to direct the devices that you bring. Dennis, are there any other tools that you'd recommend our our travelers take with them uh, when they're thinking about their technology? Well, I mean,
1: I, I to me, it really comes down to your use case. What are you actually going to be doing and what fits that? You know, so, if you, and you're going to spend time on a plane, that may mean, that definitely to me means iPod. Um, if you have a Kindle like we do, then it means Kindle as, as well. Um, and then you figure out what it is that you're doing. And then I also think that we always try to, I always try to learn from past Mistakes and you know sort of the things that people tell me. So typically, I'm traveling with extension cords, three prong adapters, uh, you know, flash drives, uh, you know, that that sort of thing. And saying, okay, what in sort of my history of travel? Think of all the many things that have gone wrong, and and what do I need to. To deal with those things, and that's especially true if you're speaking, because there's so many things that can can catch you off guard uh, when you're speaking and, and bring the technology with you. So there's, uh, to me, I'm always saying, okay, let's figure out what can happen. How do I how do I prepare for that? How can I give myself multiple options in case you know different different things go wrong? So I try to learn from that, and then I try to pick up the tips from from the people who really travel a lot, because I don't travel as much these days as I. Use used to so some of the things like MyFi and stuff just don't make sense to me because i'm always just better off just buying the internet access in my room for as right. much you know as, as often as i travel uh, but so i try to pick up on those things so i think if you look at my bag you'll find some things that really are evidence of of problems i've had in the past uh, like the ex, you know extension cords and adapters and things like that how about you well, I think that that's my main thing is to have
2: extension cords and adapters but but primarily what i 'm talking about are charging devices something that's going to keep everything charged because if, if you if you find yourself without those things on the road that's the big lesson because you're you might as well not have any technology with you and and fortunately i've been in lucky with that and and it's it's one thing i I, I noticed that uh, uh, when I was coming through security uh, to come to D.C., uh, I actually had the opportunity to see a former pre- candidate for president of the United States also in the security line with me, and uh, it was interesting to see that security had made him pull out everything in his bag, and he had just dozens and dozens of cords upon cords upon cords, upon cords which made me laugh, because there there really are smart ways to think about it. Uh, there are tools that will allow you to bring one set of charging cords with adapters that can fit to just about any device that you have, whether it be a laptop or a smartphone or an iPod or anything that you have. iGo, I-G-O, is one of those tools that I've used for quite a while that I think does a great job and, and does cut down on the amount of equipment that you have. I don't I have USBs in my bag, but I really don't use them that much. I know that i am been sort of a fanboy here lately for Dropbox. But now that I have Dropbox, I don't have to worry about moving files from one place to the other, because they're always on the computer that I happen to be using. And with the iPad app, they're even on my iPad as well. So I can't, I can't edit them there, but I can at least look at them. Two of my favorite websites that I like to talk about and and use when I'm traveling are TripIt. TripIt is, in my opinion, one of the best websites for people who travel a lot because it takes all of your confirmation emails that you get from your airlines, from your hotel, from your rental car, and it combines them all into a very useful itinerary that's online that you can share with your assistant you can share with your loved ones and that you can access from your smartphone i i find it useful that when i get in a cab and i don't want to bother looking through my bag for that printed out receipt i can just get on my phone and find out where the hotel is that i'm supposed to be going i find that TripIt is a is a fantastic tool for the for the traveler who's gone a lot and and then finally a, a tool that that Craig Ball likes to recommend a lot, and that's SeatGuru.com. And SeatGuru helps you pick those best seats on an airplane. You just find out what type of flight you're taking, uh, you're taking with you to, uh, you're, you're flying to your destination, and SeatGuru will show you the seats that are the most comfortable, the least comfortable, and everything in between. It's a it's a very nice resource for making sure you get the right seat on a plane. Dennis, any final closing thoughts to take us out of this segment?
1: Yeah, there's a couple observations that that I had on on this trip that I thought were interesting, and, and one is the use of a digital camera. And so I was, we were at dinner one night, a group of us, and and somebody just you. Pulled out their camera and took a copy of, of the receipt so they would have it and not have to worry about the paper. Um, and I know there's a Jim Callaway, a friend of ours, always, you know, I half jokingly says when he gets to a hotel, he uses his camera to take a picture of the room number on, on his door. And that way, if he doesn't remember, you know, like the first night, you go like, wait, I know I'm on the fifth floor, but was it 504 or 540 or whatever? You just look it up. So that's, that's kind of, kind of interesting. So, uh, Sort of my, my watchwords are versatility, you know, uh, really having given yourself a number of options, being resourceful, sort of making multiple use of the things that you have and then consolidating what you take. So your example of saying, if I, if I can get like an I go power cord that will work on multiple multiple devices, that's great because there is nothing worse than bringing the wrong power cord with you, which is surprisingly easy to do. And the time that I did it, I think it was going to cost me $200 to get the replacement cord. Fortunately, I ran into somebody who had the same computer and and would let me tank up. So, um, I just like in all things, I think you want to look really closely at your use, your personality, and what fits what you're doing and be willing to make adjustments. And then also just observe what people are doing. Like I said, I saw so many Macintoshes um, in the airports that it's really changed my my outlook on, on how Macs are being used and how I might I might want to to move that direction if I travel more.
2: Yeah, I I, I agree. And and just one more thing before we move on is when you're talking about ta- using a camera to take a pictures of receipts i have a a recommendation for that Uh, i i use a tool called expensify it's an it's an app for the uh, iphone there are a number of other expense uh applications for both iphone and android and i'm sure for blackberry as well that allows me to take a picture of my receipt and then it automatically loads it into a very nicely formatted expense report that i can then submit to my employer or to my client or whoever it is that i happen to be trying to get reimbursement for but uh Very useful tools for when you're traveling. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break with a few words from the Legal Talk Network and our sponsor, Clio, with its great suite of online practice management tools.
0: Imagine how much easier managing your practice would be if your practice management software was web based. Your practice would be available anywhere you have an internet connection, completely secure, backed up continuously and most importantly, easy to use, allowing you to spend your valuable time building your practice instead of managing technology. Start simplifying your practice today with Clio. Sign up for a free, fully functional 30-day trial at www.goclio.com. Use promotional code KMR for a 25% discount. Engage your brain. Keep up with the fast pace of the legal perfection. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and listen to all of our great legal podcasts. They're free. Interested in having a show on Legal Talk Network? We'd like to talk to you about building your firm's marketing strategy with legal podcasts. Give us a call at 781 551 9960. That's LegalTalkNetwork.com.
2: And welcome back to the Kennedy
1: Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and we have another edition today of stuff Tom and I have been talking about. And since we were together at the uh, ABA's Law Practice Management Section's fall meeting, we've been thinking about the upcoming 25th anniversary of ABA Tech Show and what that means, and 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 also, I think, the importance of, of finding good ways to get good education on, on technology. And we both shot a video uh, for a promo for Tech Show 2011 and had a little contest of who could do it in the future takes, which time won by quite a margin uh, but it really made me think about tech show and the long history and thinking that for you know 25 years ago that uh, lawyers were thinking was important the technology was important enough in the practice that you could dedicate a whole annual big Trade show uh, to to legal technology, and now it's twenty five years later. And you know, we think of how much has changed, and and I'm really excited uh, that to go to the twenty fifth uh, uh, tech show, which I think will be next April, right or March? I forget which time. It is
2: April 11th through 13th, 2011, and I, I will only say, Dennis, that I. Got through in, in much many fewer takes because I only had one line where you had a lot of lines and and when we're talking about the the promo that we shot, I will put a link in the show notes to ABA Tech Show's YouTube page where you can see interviews from people who've attended where they can tell you what they think of ABA Tech Show because you really. Shouldn't take our word for it because we're we're big fans of tech show. You should take the word of it of the people who come to it uh, for the first time or the second time or or multiple times because they use the technology that we're talking about uh, in their everyday practice. I, I was talking with Paul Unger, who's the chair of ABA Tech Show the other day. And and he was talking about some of the things that uh, that were just starting up in uh, 1986 w- during the first year of ABA Tech Show. And he said that that was the first year of the portable PC, the first laptop, which came in at about 15 pounds. And uh, and that Microsoft stock began to be uh, traded for the first time on the uh, uh, New York Stock Exchange. And so many things have changed. I, I believe that. They're going to try to have some sort of old technology hall of fame where you get to see how things have changed over those uh, those peri- that that period of time, the last twenty five years. But you know. The the benefit of Tech Show, I think, and, and and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, more in between now and then, is is not only learning about technology, but it's about being able to talk to lawyers who are in the same boat as you, and to get access to experts who can help you with that. You know, the the speakers at Tech Show are amazingly accessible, and I think that Tech Show is really good about giving attendees access to those speakers uh, through the Taste of Tech Show dinners. Uh, they're just so available and open and willing to help. And I think that it's so tough to find good quality education on legal technology. And, you know, Dennis, I've been a a proponent of of just practice management education in general, that they lack it in the law schools and that the bar associations generally lack it. And lawyers just don't have good ways of getting information on how to develop those skills of technology, marketing, finance, and just general management uh, for their practice. And Tech Show really fills the void. Void for many lawyers, and uh, I'm looking
1: forward to uh, to going next April. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think that I, my favorite reaction to tech show, and 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 I've all I've always said this that there are other. Programs, New York Legal Tech, ILTA, which I think are tremendous, and I just think that lawyers interested in in technology owe it to themselves to to go to one of these shows, you know, every couple of years, and and so um, the twenty fifth just just feels kind of special to me. But I I remember a tech show the, the the many conversations I had with somebody who came for the first time, and they were just blown away. They had this sort of dazed look on their face, and they just said, "I didn't know there were other people." Like me out here and now I get the chance to meet them and I think with social networking the other tools we have now you can stay in touch with those people and continue those relationships long past the conference and and you know, I just think that's a that's a terrific thing and the the video that we shot there was the emphasis of saying it uh, was appealing to people who are sort of behind on technology lawyers behind on technology saying you need to come to tech show to kind of get up to speed but I actually think that tech show For our listeners, it's really most interesting because if you're already... Kind of where technology is, or are close to where technology is, and you're looking to really differentiate your yourself, your practice, your firm uh, from from the others. Uh, the tech show really becomes interesting for that, and I think part of the reason, as you say, Tom, is that incredible access to the speakers and the other experts that are there. And so um, that's the one pitch that I would that I think I'm making to people this year is that this is a way to kind of move your edge out. Of a little bit farther than, than your competitors um, is a really great opportunity for that.
2: I agree with that. I think that I think that it's, one, differentiating yourself from your competitors, but it's also, two, by doing that, or, or you're finding better ways to provide service to your clients. I think that more and more clients are demanding that lawyers take advantage of certain types of technology tools to uh, give them service that is better and cheaper and faster. And um, we talk
1: about that a lot at ABA Tech Show. Well, Tom, now it's time for our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can use the second this podcast ends. Take it away.
2: Well, I know that I bring a, I use a lot of, have a lot of Google tips, but I'm going to have one more today because I thought that it was such a great tip, and that's for those of you who use Gmail, um, but are not sure whether you have all the security settings correct. Uh, Gmail has set up a security checklist for you to go through um, and answer questions about your browser, your general computer security, your mail settings, and which settings affect your privacy and your security, and uh, it's a really nice checklist that helps you think about what what is important when dealing with security and email so uh, it's it's good for gmail users if you're interested in learning a little bit more about email security and you might be using another tool i think it's also a great uh, a great option for you to use uh too so gmail security checklist dennis
1: and I have another fanboy parting shot. I'm a big fan of Dave Taylor and his Ask Dave Taylor blog, um where he does a sort of Q&A uh, format on different technology questions. And A lot of lawyers jumped into Facebook over the last year or so and started to use it and then started to become a little bit more wary about what they were they were doing with it. And so one of the questions people always have is like, how can I back up what I have in Facebook or can I get access to the information that's in Facebook? And normally what you've found over the years is that you really realize what a walled garden means on the internet because Facebook had all your data and all, you know, all the updates, all the information you put in there, and there really wasn't a way to get out. Well, a new uh, post by Dave Taylor goes through some steps and a new feature that Facebook is offering that allows you to download your personal information uh, from Facebook. And I think it's, uh, it's a, uh, typical of, of Dave's post, it's really instructive, point by point, and it tells you how to do things, what to worry about, what the potential security issues you might have of, of keeping a full copy of what you have on Facebook on your own laptop, even as a backup in case your, your laptop is, or your computer's compromised. So really terrific post, and it, it does address that, that issue a lot of people have, is which is, how do I see what all I put up on Facebook? Yep, good to see that
2: Facebook is now finally allowing us to do that. Well, that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Information on how to get in touch with us, as well as links to all the topics we discussed today, is available on our show notes wiki at TKMReport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast at the Legal Talk Network site or in iTunes. And if you have questions or suggestions for upcoming episodes, please email us at
1: TKMReport at gmail.com. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network, the premier online legal media network. And this podcast makes a great traveling companion.
0: The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.